to the High Praises Church Podcast. We hope you are blessed by today's sermon. Hey, a few uh, years ago, when I was, I think, a freshman in college, I decided, like many of you, that it was time for me to get healthy. Like, just the big health trend is going on, and I decided, this is it, this is my moment, I'm going to get muscles, and it's going to be great. And so, at the time, my mom was doing, like, this just really strict um, diet and workout plan, and, like, it was connected with the gym and all of this stuff, and, like, I knew it was strenuous, but I didn't really know, like, the full effect of it, and honestly, though, like, genuinely in my heart, I was ready to get healthy. Like, I was serious about it. Let's go. Let's make a difference. Let's get jacked. Like, let's, let's do this thing. So I go up to mom. I'm like, mom, I'm ready. I'm ready to get healthy. I'm going to do your plan. And she's like, okay, but are you sure about this? Like, the, the diet, it's pretty serious. Like, it's pretty strenuous. And then you have to go to the gym with a personal trainer, like, multiple times a week. Like, are you positive you want to do this? And finally, this thing is a lot of money. Are you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, I, like deep down, I meant it. I was like, yes, I am ready to take on the challenge and just get in shape and just work out. This is going to be amazing. Well, so she pays the money, and I'm going to be honest with you. I didn't really realize how difficult this particular program would be. So apparently when it comes to the food, if one little thing of salt happens to get on your food, you actually have to burn it and start over. Um, It's just the worst. You can eat egg whites, but you can't eat eggs. So you get rid of the best part and you just eat the bland and nasty part. And then for breakfast, there was this weird thing. It was like an oatmeal pancake. I don't mean to be nasty, but it looked like just vomit in a circle. And it was disgusting. It was sugar-free syrup. It was not great. And then you have to go work out with a trainer at this gym. And, like, it's, like, pretty embarrassing. Because, like, I'm out of breath walking to the bathroom and back. You know what I mean? Like, what am I doing here? Then you start exercising and, like, you know what I mean? I'm supposed to be kind of in shape. I'm like an 18-year-old dude, and apparently my like 40-year-old lady trainer could beat me up at any point, and it's just I don't feel like I should be here. Like, what is going on? And finally, just the icing on the cake is I went to class one day, and I was eating one of my vomit pancakes, and then the professor was like, what is that? And so I just told her about the diet, and she basically laughed at me and said I was just going to get fat instead. And so clowned on me in front of the whole class, and like, that was just it. That was the last straw. And I am not kidding. I started this on a Monday. I lasted six days. Six days. I'm sitting in a restaurant on Saturday with a bunch of my friends, and I have the choice between like a Caesar salad or something or like those cheeseburgers, but they're like the little sliders, so you get a bunch of them. And I just caved right then and there, and I have not looked back since. Hey, as we start this new series, God Breathe, we are talking about the importance of Scripture, the importance of reading Scripture. And I'm afraid that the many of us, our lives look like my workout program, that, that we realize that we really deep down, we do want to read Scripture. We do want to get involved. We, we, we do want to learn more about God. But as soon as we start, we realize that it's difficult, that we struggle to stay focused, that the Bible is it's hard to understand sometimes. And even though we are very well-meaning, we start trying to read the Bible, and then we just sort of set it aside because it's too difficult for us. 
But are we as Christians called to set the Bible aside because we may have to work a little bit to read it faithfully and to understand it? Or should we go head first into understanding God's word for us? I've come to tell you today that we have got to get in Scripture. But the problem is that we're not doing it. I know we want to do it. According to a study by the American Bible Society, 57% of Americans wished they used the Bible more. And yet only 27% of Americans actually read it either every day or multiple times a week. In the UK, there's a serious problem. A study was done that, that, that showed that um, children from 8 to 14 years old did not know that Adam and Eve, Noah's Ark, and the birth of Jesus were stories that were rooted in the Bible. Over half of the parents did not know that Noah's Ark came from the Bible. And here's the like craziest, like most mind-blowing one. Apparently, one-third of those parents thought that the Harry Potter storyline was derived from a storyline found in the Bible. Can you believe that? <laughs> and Jesus said to him, you're a wizard, Harry. <laughs> a wizard, Jesus? What? <laughs> like, can you believe that? Like, what's going on? <laughs> like, we do not know the Bible. We aren't reading the Bible. The funny thing about the, the American Bible Society and their survey, it showed that 78% of Americans believe that morality is on decline. And yet we aren't reading the scriptures. Can we afford today to be a people who set the Bible aside for various kind of reasons? Or do we need to dive head first and to see what God has to say to us? I say we go after the Bible with everything that we have. So here's what I want to do today. I want to show you what is the overall message of the Bible. What is the Bible about? I want to give you some, some practical tips on how to read the Bible, how much of the Bible we're supposed to read, and then I want to give you the simple reason why we should read the Bible. So what is the Bible? I think it would be helpful to go in and say, what is not the Bible? Listen to me. The Bible is not just a set of, of morality. It's not just do's and don'ts. Like every page is not filled with do this, don't do this. Do this and don't do this. The Bible is not like a, like a cold dictionary that just sort of dispenses information at you. It is much more deep and wonderful than that. The Bible is not something that is just good to motivate you on a Monday or give you the warm fuzzies on the inside. Like the Bible is good news. Like it is the gospel. But listen to me, sometimes the Bible will get in your stuff and tell you to turn around and go the other way. The Bible is, is, is not something that's man-made. It's not just, just man-made wisdom. It's not life hacks from BuzzFeed. It's not good advice to help you sort of navigate through life until you die, and that's all it is. The Bible cannot be relegated, and it can't be compared to other books that humans have written. So what is the Bible? The Bible is the very words of God. Every time you open up the scriptures, you are reading exactly what God is saying to you. Exactly what he's saying to you. That it is holy. It is, it is something set apart because it is the, the creator of the universe speaking to us. 
The Bible is what is called special revelation, meaning that it contains spiritual truths that if God had not spoken to us, we would have never figured out. The truth in the Bible can't can't be found by research. It can't be found by human study or by human reason. It is the words of God that can only be revealed by God himself. The Bible is inerrant and infallible, meaning that it is absolutely perfect. I want to tell you today that it doesn't matter what the experts say or what the scholars say or the whatever person who has however many degrees says. The Bible is absolutely perfect without error. It's got absolute moral truth in it and you can trust it. That's what the Bible is. The Bible is something special. So what is the overall message of the Bible? The Bible is one continual story that says that God created everything and it was good. And then humanity fell into sin. And God, out of his great love for us, instead of destroying us, sent his son Jesus to redeem us. I came to tell you today that the Bible is not random documents sort of thrown together that we have to make sense of. And the Bible absolutely is not the Old Testament God who's the big green ogre in the, in the sky who's mad at you and the New Testament Jesus who's all about butterflies and hugs. He is the same God from Genesis to Revelation. The Bible is one continual story of God's great love for us that though we chose sin, he still chose us and sent his son Jesus to die on that cross for us. I think there's, there's something so cool about the Bible is that the Bible is all about Jesus. Not just the Gospels, not just the New Testament. The whole Bible from cover to cover is all about God's plan to send Jesus to save us from our sins. I'm going to read to you from Luke 24, 27. Jesus has just risen from the grave and he appears to these two guys walking down the road and they're just not convinced that Jesus is the Savior. And so he shows up and he begins talking to them and this is what he does. It says, In beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Jesus shows up on, on the road to these dudes and he opens up the Old Testament and he goes, there I am, there I am, there I am. Here's the prophecy about me. Here's where I show up. Here, here's God's plan. And he opens up the Old Testament to show that the whole Bible is all leading up to Jesus. If you're in the Old Testament, you're looking toward Jesus. If you're in the Gospels, you're looking at Jesus. If you're in the rest of the New Testament, you're looking back at Jesus. Can I just show you this real quick? And can I get a little rowdy? Because it just kind of pumps me up. I'm not going to lie to you. Jesus is the promised seed in Genesis chapter 3 who would crush the head of the serpent on our behalf. Jesus is the promised offspring to Abraham who would bless every nation and family on the earth found in Genesis chapter 12. Jesus is the king from the line of Judah who would rule and reign forever as prophesied in Genesis 49. Jesus is our Passover lamb whose blood was shed to cover our sins as seen in the book of Exodus. 
Jesus is the prophet greater than Moses to lead us into all truth as prophesied in the book of Deuteronomy. That just as Joshua's name means Yahweh is salvation, Jesus' name means Yahweh is salvation. And just as Joshua fought some mighty battles to, fought to defeat the enemies of God's people, Jesus defeated death, hell, and the grave when he died on that cross and he rose again. Jesus is a better king than Saul and, and David and 1 Samuel. He is the prophesied king to rule and reign forever in 2 Samuel 7. He is the suffering servant found in Isaiah 53 who is bruised for our iniquities. He is the one like the Son of Man in Daniel chapter 7 who would destroy the kingdoms of the earth, sit on his throne, and rule forever. He is the one who gave the sign of Jonah that as Jonah was in the fist three days and came out, he was in the grave three days but rose again. That's my Jesus. He is the Son of Man, the Son of David, and the Son of God in the Gospels. He's the baptizer with the Holy Spirit in Acts. He is the head of the body. Body of Christ found in the New Testament, and he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords in the book of Revelation. This book is all about Jesus. It's not about anything else. It's all about God's great love for us that he sent his son Jesus to die on a cross for you and me. That's what this book is all about. But how do we read the Bible? What are we supposed to read? Jesus gives us some insight. I want you very quickly to look at Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. It says this. This is Jesus speaking. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I want to read that again. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus says we can't, we can't live by bread alone, but what do we live by? Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Everybody say every word. Every word. Come on, say every word. every word. Not just some words. Not just the words that make you feel good. Not just the words that give you the, the tingles in your heart on the inside. Every word. And just as I, I've shown you, we need to read the New Testament, but we need to read the Old Testament too because it's all about Jesus. The Old Testament is important. It is perfect and it is inspired by God. Did you know that the New Testament was built on a sound understanding of the Old Testament? Here's a cool fact. The authors of the New Testament either directly quote or allude to the Old Testament an estimated 900 times. The Old Testament is God's word just as the New Testament is. And we should steep ourselves in the entire Bible because it's helpful for us. But if we're just being honest, we know, we know that we're supposed to read all of Scripture we know that we're supposed to read every word, but we just struggle sometimes. Like the Bible is hard. It's hard to stay consistent. Our schedule gets crazy. Sometimes we don't maybe have the, the healthiest Bible reading practices. So what I want to do is I want to give you just some simple and practical tips to help you read your Bible better. But first, I want to talk about maybe some ways that we don't read the Bible so good. Maybe there's some of you in here, and the only time that you read the Bible is, is when you've got an issue or a problem going on. 
Like you don't really encounter the Bible ever, but life kind of gets crazy and you go, okay, God, I really need some wisdom. So you, so you walk up to the Bible and you just sort of do this thing. You just sort of cover your eyes and you flip open the scriptures and you're like, all right, Lord, wherever my finger lands, that's what you want to say to me. And then you're just like, and Cain killed his brother Abel. Okay, all right, maybe, all right, let's try this again, Lord. Let's go to the New Testament, see what that has to say. And just, all right, let's do this thing. And Jesus said, go and do likewise. All right, you know what? That's enough Bible for today. We're just gonna close, put that over here. But seriously, many of us, the only time we approach the Bible is when we have a need and we just sort of flip it open and go to some random thing. And and I want to tell you today that that's not a very healthy way to read the Bible. Because honestly, when you do that, you can make the Bible say just about anything. And it doesn't mean that it's what God intended to speak to you or to us as humanity. So, So maybe let's not do that. Maybe some of you, you read the Bible on a daily basis, but it's not very much. Like I'm talking about like one or two verses. And so maybe you've got the devotional that takes like one verse down and then somebody writes all all about it. Or maybe you've got that app, Sprinkle of Jesus, and it just brings up one or two scriptures there. And usually it's scriptures that just make you feel really good. It just makes you feel motivated for the day. You know what I mean? Like it pops up on your phone. It's like, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. And you're like, thank you, Jesus. And you just feel so good. And that's, like, that's what you get every single day. You know what I mean? And, 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 and that's good that you're in the scriptures. And, and, and that's good that you're hearing that. But, but doing that, you're not really taking in the whole Bible. You're just taking in very small portions and, and kind of hearing what you want to hear. Right? And, and so that's cool. And, and it feels good. But, you know, you can be made in the image of God. But you don't really look that when you're cussing in your car during traffic on I-85. You know what I mean? Like, we can't afford to only take in this much of Scripture because Scripture has a lot to say. But finally, maybe you, you approach Scripture and you do read a lot. Like you really do, and, and, and you try and go at it. And so you sit down and, and you read a good, solid passage, and then you just sit there and you just focus real hard, and you're trying to get some, some devotional truth out of it, and you're, you're, you're reading and you're reading and you're reading, and then you struggle because it's not every time that you read the Bible that you get this life-changing, life-altering, world-spinning truth that just wrecks your relationship with Jesus and changes you from the inside out. And so after going and going and going, you read the Bible two, three, or four times. You're like, well, I got a little bit out of that, but it wasn't anything crazy. And then you get frustrated because the Bible isn't just transforming you on day one. And then you just kind of set it aside because it's obviously not worth it. Jen Wilkin is a minister at um, the Village Church in Dallas, Texas. And I think she puts it so great like this. She says, so often we treat Bible reading like a debit card. We want to get a quick swipe in and then get a really big return. But the scriptures are actually like a savings account that over time, a long time of faithful Bible reading, we deposit and deposit and deposit and deposit. And when the time comes that you need a big withdrawal, you get to withdraw from the truth of faithful Bible reading over months and over years. The scriptures won't give you that immediate gratification and satisfaction, but if you will be faithful to to the scriptures and faithful to reading, you will have a savings account so big that whatever life throws at you, you can just draw from it and get what you need. 
Recently, we did something um, that was kind of fun and kind of crazy. Uh, me and Pastor Gabe and Pastor Billy and Zach Painter did something that we've lovingly called the 30-day shred. And so that is where the entire month of January, we spent reading the entire Bible. And it was tough. We didn't have any free time, but it was totally worth it. And so during this time, um, it, we just got to learn a lot about faithful Bible reading. You had to do it every day or you would get so far behind. So I wanted you to hear from one of the members of the group, Zach Painter. Zach's not a professional pastor or a professional Christian. He's just a guy who decided, hey, I'm going to read the Bible in 30 days. Let's just do this thing. And through his journey of reading the Bible, he learned a lot of practical and helpful tips on how to read the Bible faithfully every single day. Go and check out this video. My Bible reading before I read the whole Bible was definitely off and on. You know, I had the app sprinkle of Jesus, so I got a verse every single day. And every now and then I would read, you know, more verses or a chapter a day. But before I read the whole Bible, it wasn't consistent. Reading with other people in a group definitely helped me stay consistent because when you have the accountability of others, at your disposal and reading with them, it really brings out the best in you because you know you don't want to be that person who's fallen behind or not reading it. But at the same time, when you do that, you know that other people are doing the exact same thing you're doing and you know that uh, you all can discuss it as you go along and you all can hold each other accountable to make sure that you do what you're supposed to do and you know, you're supposed to read. Um, and I feel like for the most part, having that accountability is probably the best thing because I know I probably would have fallen uh, behind a lot if I didn't. When you read together, it's, it's kind of a unity, even though you I mean you're not in the same room as each other and you are reading at different times during the day, but if you all can sit there and talk about it later and you all know that you're all learning something the same way that the other person is, I feel like spiritually you all grow together because it's, you know, it's the plan. It's, that's what the plan is for. It's what these plans on version are for. It's what the Bible is for. There were parts of the Bible uh, that I didn't even know were there. And when I figure out, you know, what I was reading and what it really, you know, what, what the whole purpose of it was, because like I said earlier, the Old Testament really is the New Testament in disguise. When you read the Bible, you realize not only is the Bible about God, but the whole Bible is about Jesus. I found out uh, before uh, I read the Bible in 30 days that, you know, I wasn't doing very well. And after that first, uh, that first day, I was just like, wow, I think I can do this. But it's just, it's all about taking the initiative to do it and making time, because I promise you, if you want to, you will make the time to do it. And that, that's really, that's the biggest thing. Hey, can we give Zach a hand for that awesome testimony? I want to piggyback off of a lot of the things that Zach said in that video and give you some just simple and practical tips to have faithful Bible reading every day. First, I want to encourage you to get on a Bible reading plan. 
When you get on a Bible reading plan, it breaks it down into manageable chunks and manageable chapters. It gives you the organization that you need so that you don't feel like you're randomly choosing a part of the Bible. Or It gives you the organization you need to just stay faithful, to check the box off that you've read every single day um, so that you can consistently read. I want to encourage you to get on a devotional that reads entire books of the Bible. It's good sometimes to read about a topic that maybe see maybe bounces around a lot of different scriptures, but it helps when you get to read uh, chapter after chapter and book after book so that you get the context and you can know what is going on in the scriptures, where am I, and what is God trying to say to me right here. So get that Bible reading plan. If you need one, we actually have a physical copy right there in the lobby. It's a year-long Bible reading plan. You can either do the whole Bible, you can do the New Testament, if you want to do something like that. But I want to encourage you to use technology to your advantage. With a raise of hand, how many of you have a smartphone? All right, most everybody in here. There is an app that we use for our 30-day shred um, called the YouVersion Bible, and this app is amazing. On this app, you get every Bible translation that you could possibly think of. There's all kinds of devotionals and plans. You can customize your own plan. You can do 40 at once if you want. I don't know. Like, you can just do all kinds of ones. They've got videos on there that will give you information about the book that you're about to read or the content that you're about to take in that helps you know where you're at in Scripture. And they've got devotionals written by the the top preachers and pastors and writers and speakers in the nation and in the world to help you understand the Scriptures better. And it's got one feature that I absolutely love and that I cannot recommend enough and that Zach talked about. The YouVersion Bible app allows you to read the Bible together in a group. It's actually got this feature where you can start a devotional and add various different people in that group. And as you're reading, you can monitor to see if other people have completed their Bible reading. So if there's not a little check mark by their name, you can text them and be like, bro, you better catch up right now or I'm coming after you. I am watching you. Right? You can hold them accountable for what they're doing. And then it's got this amazing feature that once you complete your day's reading, you can actually go type in what you've learned for that day. And so while you're laying in bed about to go to sleep, you can scroll through and read how your friends have been learning about the Bible and how they've interpreted the very same scripture that you read that day. And look, maybe technology is not for you. Maybe you're not about that. That's perfectly fine. But I want to encourage you to get a physical Bible plan, get a physical Bible, and get some physical friends and actually read this thing together. Hold each other accountable because as you're reading in a group, you're going to learn about the Bible from their interpretation and their reading, and you're going to be held accountable so that you never miss a day. I want to encourage you to find a set time and a set place every day to to read the Bible. Consistency is the key here. Find somewhere that you can get alone, that most likely there will be no screaming children, that you feel comfortable in, and that you can go and read the Bible. Experts say that if you do anything for 21 days, it becomes a habit. If you can get that consistency down, reading with other people, a part of the plan, same place and same time for 21 days, all of a sudden it it transforms from something that you're doing into something that you do. 
it becomes a way of life, a faithful Bible reading. We need to just be reading the scriptures day after day after day. But finally, why? Why do we need the scriptures? I believe Jesus answers that. I'm going to read it again. It says, but he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Jesus said it himself that you can't make it only living life and feeding yourself physically. That if you do not feed yourself spiritually, you will be spiritually anemic and sick and powerless. That you need the Bible to feed you and to grow you and to give you spiritual energy every single day. I was talking with dad about this message and he told me this story about when he was in Tampa, Florida and he was working at a church there and the head of Christian education, was it Carol? Claudia, I knew it was one of those. I told first service it was either Carol or Claudia. You choose whichever one you like more. Anyways, he's talking with Claudia and, uh, and she said, um, I, I can tell a difference that if I go uh, uh, an extended period of time without Bible reading and without prayer, it's almost like I can feel my spirit getting weaker. I want to tell you today that if you are not feeding on the bread of life, you may be physically strong, but you will be physic or spiritually weak, and that comes with dire consequences. So maybe you found yourself in here today and, and you haven't been reading the Bible and you've been stuck in the, in, in the same sin and the same sin cycle and the same temptation. Can I tell you that reading the Bible has the power to bring you out of that? There's a reason that, that, that some of you are still in, in unhealthy and immoral business practices. There's a reason that some of you are still lying to people to get your way day after day. There's a reason you're still addicted to the computer screen or the substance or whatever. There's a reason that you can't kick that sin out of your life. It's because you're too spiritually weak to get up and do anything. But here is the good news is that when we feed on the bread of life, it is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. And the spirit works through it and begins to transform you and shape you and change you. And as you are reminded of God's good will, or when you are reminded of the power of his spirit, when you are reminded the difference between right and wrong, God begins to work in your heart to do something supernatural and miraculous. And all of a sudden, and that cycle begins to break. And all of a sudden, you're telling the truth a whole lot more. And all of a sudden, your desire for that thing or that substance or that experience begins to fade. And you realize, I don't want that anymore. And I'm not going to do that anymore. If you would get in Scripture, God would spiritually pick you up and make you into the person he wants you to be. And can I give you a little background on Matthew 4.4? As Jesus quotes this Scripture, you know what he's doing? He's in the wilderness after having fasted 40 days and 40 nights while Satan himself is tempting Jesus. If Jesus used scripture to push back temptation and push back the devil, so can you. But the Bible doesn't just tell us who we shouldn't be. The Bible also tells us who we should be. And there's many of you in this room right now, you, you haven't taken that, that next step, that first step into saying yes to all that Jesus has for you because you haven't been in Scripture. 
Like you know that Jesus is calling you to make a difference and to spread the good news of Jesus in your community and in your workplace, but you just can't muster up the spiritual strength to do it. You know that you have been called to love God and love your neighbor, but no matter how hard you try, you just can't love that person you don't even like. That Jesus has called us to to give more and to give our time and to serve in church and, and, and to be fruitful with our finances, to fund the kingdom of God, but you just can't say yes. Here's the good news about Scripture is that it's life-changing. And as you get into Scripture and you hear the commandments of God, what He's calling us to do, the power of His Spirit to enable you to do it, you'll see yourself begin to change. You'll see yourself witnessing more because you want to tell people about the good news of Jesus. You'll see yourself being more gratuitous with your finances. You want to give to organizations you never thought you would give to in an amount you never thought you would give because you are so motivated by the word and the spirit of God within you. You will step into all God has for you. And finally, if we don't keep ourselves in scripture, our love and our worship for God grows cold. Some of you may be in a spiritual dry place right now, a spiritual desert, wondering when you're gonna get out, and yet you haven't touched the scriptures in 30, 60 days. Jen Wilkin, who I talked about earlier, she's quoted as saying this, the heart can't love what the mind does not know. And if we, every day, aren't knowing Jesus and getting to know him over and over and over and more and more and more, your affections and your love for God will grow cold. But the good news is that as you get in Scripture and you read about the love of Jesus and the grace and the mercy of Jesus, when you hear about the the, the faithfulness of God, that he always says yes to all of his promises, that that he never walks away from you, when you realize what God has done for you, your affections will begin to be stirred, your love for Jesus will grow, your passion to serve him will reach new heights and new levels because the word of God is a transforming word. We need to get in his scriptures so that our love for God would grow and grow every day and we'd be powerful and effective disciples of Jesus. So would you stand today? I want to leave you with one last bit of encouragement. Maybe you found yourself in here today and you're intimidated by the Bible. Maybe you're struggling to get through it and stay faithful. Maybe you're struggling to understand it. Prominent theologian said this. Said the Bible is shallow enough for a child to wade in. But it's deep enough for an elephant to drown in. And wherever you're at, whether today is day one as a Christian or you've been serving him for 50 years, God wants to speak to you. Let's get in his word. So I want to encourage you, if you would, come down to the altar if you're physically able. For just the next few moments, I want to have a time of devotion to God that maybe... You haven't, you haven't studied the scriptures. Maybe you've, you've kind of set your Bible time aside. 
Maybe you need to ask for forgiveness today. You would take God's holy word and, and not read it. And once you've done that, I want you to make a commitment, a serious commitment, a firm commitment that says, Lord, I am getting in your word today and I'm never going to stop. I can't live without your word. I can't carry on another day without the strength that you want to give me. I want you to make that commitment that says from this day forward, I am growing in you. Even when it's difficult, even when I don't understand it all the time, God, I know the scriptures are a savings account. And I'm going to deposit faithfully day after day after day, trusting that you are faithful and you will teach me through it. So if you would, would you just raise your hands in this room as a sign of surrender? Since I'm getting, giving my life and my time to you. And for just a moment, would you cry out to God in an act of commitment to him and to his word? Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us Sunday mornings. Our service times are 9 o'clock and 1045. For more information, please visit us at highpraises.org.